What's up, everybody? What's up, Lifehouse fam? I love y'all. We're in the Psalms, 30 days in the Psalms. This is day 14, and we're going to be digging into Psalm 74. And there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I hope everything's going well for y'all. I've been enjoying it. I hope you've been enjoying it, and it's been building you up. Um, keep up the good work. You've been studying the word like every day or however long you've been doing it. That's a win. You know what I'm saying? So that's good stuff. So I want to ask you this. Have you ever felt like you were going through so much that you actually almost felt like God was angry with you? <laughs> like there was so much going on in your life that you just felt like, God, why in the world is you coming for me like this? If it's not one thing, it's another. My car done broke down. I done lost my job. My kid's acting crazy. Now my health is jacked up. And you're just looking like, God, are you mad? Like, did I rub you the wrong way? What did I do to deserve all these things happening to me, right? Like, you're almost feeling like God is angry with you. Or maybe you're looking at the state of the nation, you know, or even the world, you know, and you just feel like, we are past the point <laughs> of there being any hope of anything getting better because it's just broken. Like when I look at just all that is going on, you, you almost feel a sense of hopelessness with the state of the world that we're living in, right? Um, and that is actually the context of this Psalm, of Psalm 74. It is a desperate cry from a desolate place. All right, at the point uh, of this psalm, and we'll get to the context in a, in a minute, but it's like the psalmist is crying out to God in the midst of the rubble, right? In the midst of everything around him is destroyed, is in utter chaos. It is a violent world. It's a violent scene and everything is just demolished beyond repair. And it is in the midst of the rubble that he is crying out to God, um, where are you? Come save us. And Psalm 74 really tackles the question, what do you do when everything is in ruins? I don't know if you've ever felt like your life was in ruins or you just were in a season of disarray and it was just, again, so many things going on or just the things that you're facing are so deep like this relationship that I once loved is now past the point of repair. You know, like there's just so many things that we deal with that feel almost hopeless. And this is the context of Psalm 74. What do we do when everything is in ruins? So if you look uh, in some Bibles, it'll say uh, Psalm 74, a masculine, and I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but masculine of Asaph. All right, and so Asaph was one of the head worship leaders. He was one of the main singers that was hired um, by David to uh, lead worship. And he actually had other like descendants or people that he trained as well that were known as the Asaph singers. So this is an Asaph song. If not Asaph himself, then at least those that were trained under him. It's an Asaph song. Um, and masculine means a contemplative song. Right. So nowadays, like a lot of people, especially like the younger generation, just likes music that sounds good. Something with a good beat to it, you know, but what about those songs? And I know what I'm talking about, those songs that make you pause and make you think, 
Like the lyrics are so intricate and deep. You just gotta sit with it. Um, that's what this psalm is. It was written for that. It was written to make you sit and think. And there's a lot to think about in this psalm. Uh, but the context of it, it was written in response to the um, exile, right? So the Babylonian conquest. And that's what most theologians, most Bible scholars believe it was kind of written in response to where Israel was scattered and was broken and attacked and oppressed. And, and we'll see, I mean, maybe we can even look at it. So verses... We'll just start at verse 1, but the psalmist says, Oh God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are the people you chose long ago, the tribe you redeemed as your own special possession. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city. See how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shouted their victorious battle cries. There they set up their battle standards. They swung their axes like woodcutters in a forest. With axes and picks, they smashed the car paneling. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the place that bears your name. Then they thought, let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshiped. We no longer see your miraculous signs. All the prophets are gone and no one can tell us when it will end. Have you ever felt that way? How long, O oh God, will you allow your enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash your powerful fist and destroy them. So you see that the, the sanctuary is burned down. Then they go and the enemies decide, let's just destroy everything and <laughs> leave nothing left like all the places where they worship now are are destroyed and so again the psalmist is writing in response to this situation to say we have nothing left and we don't even have anyone to tell us how long this is going to last god where are you and it makes me think what in the world kind of faith like what makes a person able to still cry out to god when all they're seeing is destruction and you may feel that. I know I felt that. Like, I, like what? I feel like I have nothing left in me. And so what is it that was in the psalmist here, in the songwriter, where he could still cry out to God in the midst of the ruins? And I think there are three things that I see in this psalm, actually. Three things that he knew about God that caused him to cry out to God in the midst of all the rubble. One, that God is our shepherd. And you see that in verse 1 and 2, right, where he says, we are the sheep of your pasture. And there's this, there's this understanding that, God, we belong to you and you care for us. And I want to encourage somebody with that because you may be feeling like, Again, oh, God must be angry with me or something. I must have ticked God off or something for all this stuff to happen. But that's not the case. Like when you when you look at this, you realize that God is for you and that you belong to him and he loves you and he cares for you. And, and when he talks about us being the sheep of his pasture, you know, there's that's a whole other video about God being our shepherd. Um, but the shepherd 
would not leave the sheep. The shepherd would be with the sheep, would feed the sheep, would correct the sheep, you know, rebuke the sheep. Uh, he would, he would do, he would give his life. He would literally give his life for the sheep if they were attacked. And so there's this understanding that uh, with the midst, in the midst of everything that I'm going through, I'm not going to let this convince me that God isn't for me. And so even though I may feel like God is angry with me, I realize that the truth is God is my shepherd and he would actually give his own life to save me. And I think that's important for us to remember. The second thing is that God is the king, not just a king, but God is the king of kings. God is the king of all of creation. And so you see this in uh, starting at verse 12, you, O God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smash the heads of the sea monsters. You crush the heads of Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You cause the springs and streams to gush forth and you dried up rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of the earth and you made both summer and winter. And I'm telling you y'all, and I've experienced this, I'm still experiencing this to this day in my life, is that when I remember that God is the God of creation, there is nothing that exists that was not born out of his imagination, not born out of his thought, not created out of the power of his word. So he's not just like a prophet or a good guy that lived like Jesus was this holy man. Literally, he is why we all exist. And so when you recognize that, I, listen, I am very selective on who I call out to in the middle of a crisis. I'm not about to call or text just anybody. If, if, if stuff is really going down, the people that I call are dependable, are loyal. I know they're going to answer and I know they're capable to assist me in that situation. And this is what is happening. He's reaching out to God because God is the only one who can deliver because God is sovereign. God rules over all creation. And so he is more than capable to handle whatever we are going through. It means a lot that God is God. I think I know I can minimize that. I don't really fully always understand what it means for God to be God. Um, and then the third thing is that God is a promise keeper. So when you look at verse 18 through 23, it's cool that because of this relationship we have with God, we can actually almost kind of beckon or petition God to move. And because of his generosity and his love, he will move on our behalf. But not just on our behalf, you realize that deliverance is on God's agenda. It is on God's radar to save. And because he is a promise keeper, whenever we stand on that promise and we remind not so much God, but ourselves of God's promise, and we pray the promises of God, he moves on those things. So starting at verse 18, it says, see how these enemies insult you, Lord. A foolish nation has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy your turtle doves. Don't forget your suffering people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let the downtrodden be humiliated again. Instead, let the poor and needy praise your name. And verse 22 is so key. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. So not even moving on my behalf, 
you care about this. Like God cares about his people. God cares about deliverance. God cares about, he's a saving God. And so the psalmist says, defend your cause. Remember how these fools insult you all day long. Don't overlook what your enemies have said or they're growing uproar. I just think those three things are powerful. Like if you find yourself in a space where you're just in the middle of the rubble, you're in the ruins and you smell the smoke and and the debris, and you're like, what in the world is my next step? Cry out to God because he is your shepherd and he cares about you. He's on your side and he's rooting for you and he's in your corner and he will give his life to save you. And I know that because he already did it. And the second thing, God is king, he is sovereign, he is ruler, he is the self-existent one. Nothing and no one predates him. So whatever you're facing came after him. So he knows how to deal with it. And everything is submitted to his word because it came from his word. And then the third thing is that God is a promise keeper. I love that. I love that. He keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. So if he said he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. If he said that you're more than a conqueror, if he said that you're his child, if he said that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, then it's all true. And if he said he's gonna show up, he's gonna show up. Um, And so just be encouraged in that. Uh, If you find yourself in a desolate place, um, the beauty in that is that when everything is torn down, you see what's left. And the word says that, scripture says that, you know, The grass may wither and the flowers may fade, but the word of God will stand forever as everlasting. Um, So trust in what's left. If you find yourself with the rubble, um, you'll see that God is left. And so maybe he's the only thing that mattered in the first place. So I just want to pray for us. Uh, God, I thank you that you are a promise keeper. I thank you that you keep your promises, even when I don't. Um, You're still faithful and you're still loyal. I thank you that you are much more powerful and more potent than the things that try to destroy me or the battles that I have in my own mind, in my own heart, Um, or even just that our nation is not in a hopeless state, even though it may be in a desolate state in some ways, or it may feel that way, but it is never hopeless. Our world is not hopeless um, because as long as you live, as long as you exist, we have hope in you um, because this is your creation. We are the sheep of your pasture and you take care of everything that you make. Um, So we trust in that. We thank you for being our shepherd. We thank you that you would give your life before seeing our lives be utterly destroyed. Um, You would take our place. And so I thank you, God. Um, We praise you, we honor you. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Stay in his word. His word is everything. Peace.